chef. Shortened from the French term chef de cuisine, a chef is the director or head of a kitchen. Fine dining was created in France. After the French Revolution, chefs that had worked for nobles were out of a job, so they opened up their own restaurants where people could come for a fine meal. Eventually, this style of dining spread to England and then to the U.S. Phew. I'm Hootie, and you're listening to Hootie the Foodie. He may be 10 years old, but he's an expert. You're listening to Hootie the Foodie. My guest today was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. She's a culinary superstar. She has several top restaurants and multiple food competition victories under her apron. After winning Top Chef Season 14 in Charleston, she went on to beat out 15 of the greatest chefs in America, winning the first season ever of Tournament of Champions. She and her husband, who is also a chef and her business partner, have a young son. How does she do it all? Chef Brooke Williamson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Hootie. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Chef Brooke, I'm so honored that you carved out some time to hang with me. I have so many questions. <laughs> I love it. Let's go. You hold the record for being the youngest female chef ever to cook at the James Beard House. You must have started cooking at a young age. I did. Um, I knew I wanted to be a chef from like the age of maybe six or seven. I watched a lot of food TV when I was that age. Instead of watching cartoons, I watched cooking shows. I'm sure you can identify with that. And yeah, I mean, I started young. I had my first professional kitchen job at the age of 17. I actually did not go to culinary school. So I skipped those years of where I would have been in school and really just got some hands-on practical work in restaurants. Uh, So by the time I was 22, I was an executive chef and had the honor of cooking at the James Beard House. Do you ever feel like since you didn't go to culinary school that you are lacking in a skill or even in your competitions that there's one thing that everybody else knows how to do and you don't because of the culinary school? No, you know, I've been cooking for a really long time. I opened my first restaurant uh, at the age of 23. I'm 42 now and I've been cooking professionally really since I was 17. So uh, what does that mean? I have like 25 years of practical hands-on experience. So when I was much younger in my career, I knew that there were things that I was missing by not going to culinary school. So I spent the extra time and energy reading and practicing at home and really trying to gain all of the knowledge that I felt like I needed from culinary school. And when it comes to competition, I honestly feel like having the hands-on experiences is really what matters. Which one do you recommend for young chefs to do? Uh, in terms of going to culinary school or not? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a difficult question. I think everyone learns differently. And I do think that there is for sure some value in culinary school. But I think that if you have the self-motivation and discipline to be able to learn stuff on your own, and if you're really going to take the time to learn from other people, I think that they're just different routes. And um, I'm very appreciative that I did have that discipline and didn't have to spend the money going to school for two years. (laughs) Did you have a favorite cooking show or chef? Um, Like growing up or now? Um, When you're growing up. 
when I was growing up, so Saturdays and Sundays were my days to like sleep a little bit later and sort of veg in front of the TV on, on the weekends. My parents used to sleep really late. They slept in on the weekends. So I would get up by myself and watch TV. You're definitely too young to know what PBS was, but I spent many hours in front of the TV um, watching Julia Child and Jacques Pepin and a show called The Galloping Gourmet. And these chefs, um, they were old school. They were sort of traditionally French taught chefs. And those are the chefs who I sort of looked up to as a kid. And I would watch maybe three or four hours of food TV in the morning. And then I would go into my kitchen and find all of the ingredients that I, that I could and practice for the rest of the day. So that's kind of how I spent my weekends. How about now? Um, I actually don't watch a whole lot of cooking TV now. You know, funny because I'm on several shows on different networks, but I I work a lot. And when I'm not at work, I don't necessarily want to watch TV shows about work. <laughs> so, um, so when I come home, um, I watch other shows, but I honestly don't watch a whole lot of food TV. And watching the competition shows makes me really nervous too. So um, because I've been there and and I know the stress that it plays on other people, I don't always love to watch it. What about your favorite competitor? Ooh, my favorite competitor. I have a lot of favorite competitors. I've competed against a lot of people who I love to compete against. Honestly, my friends are some of my favorite competitors. I would say that Antonia LaFaso, she is not only one of my favorite people, but she's so competitive that it makes it really fun. We're both competitive people. So it makes it really fun to be in the same room with people who kind of think the same way. Um, Kristen Kish, also one of my best friends and such an intense, talented competitor. You know, I also love some of the sort of more seasoned generation of competitive chefs like Bobby Flay and Michael Simon are a lot of fun to watch. And honestly, at any time that I can be in a room with friends and have some friendly competition, I'm happy to do that. More seasoned is a nice pun. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> what are a couple of your favorite and least favorite foods to eat? Ooh, um... Favorite foods? I'm a sushi lover. I love sushi. I love soy sauce pretty much on anything. So does my son, whose name is Hudson. Did you know my son's name was Hudson? I did not. I saw that your name was Hootie and I immediately wanted to reply because it's so close to my son's name. Um, but I actually cook a lot of Asian food at home because it's kind of how I like to eat the most. I love donuts as well. Uh, I love soft serve ice cream. Uh, I have a couple of strange things that I really don't like. I don't like liver. Liver is something that I've never grown to like in any way, shape, or form. I don't even really love foie gras. And shiso, do you know what shiso leaf is? No. It's an herb slash leaf that tastes a little bit like cilantro. I believe it's actually in the same family as cilantro, but it is a flavor that takes over everything for me, and I really don't like it. So... Very different ingredients that I don't like, but I, I avoid them both. When you said sushi, donuts, soft serve ice cream, and then vegetables, I'm like, is this an adult me? <laughs> yeah, do you feel the same way? Exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how anyone could not like sushi and donuts. Yeah. Also ramen, I'm a big fan of ramen. 
Your husband is also a chef. How did you meet? We met in the kitchen. Um, my husband was my sous chef when I was the chef at a restaurant when I was 22, 21, 22 years old. And I hired him as my sous chef. We worked with each other for about a year before we even had a real conversation. And then fast forward a few years later, we actually opened a restaurant together and we got married when we were about, I think I was 28. He was 29. Is it hard to work together? Is it hard to work with my spouse? (laughs) It depends on the day. That's an interesting question. Uh, It's really the only way that we've ever known each other. So we work with each other really well. And I can't imagine doing my job without him. Much like a lot of people can't imagine even possibly working with their husband or wife, I can't imagine my job without him being a part of it. So I'm fortunate to be able to enjoy long long periods of his company (laughs) because that's what we have. But I also do a lot of traveling these days. So, you know, I would say that since we had a child and since I've been doing a lot of TV, we actually spend a lot less time with each other than we used to when we were younger. Who does the cooking at home? Oh, definitely I do. I'm kind of a picky person in terms of what I like to eat when I'm in the mood for something. And My husband is happy to cook, but for some reason, I always choose to cook because I want to eat what I'm in the mood for. So um, I would definitely say I do most of the cooking at home, unless I'm out of town, and then he definitely cooks for our son. I respect that. (laughs) You have opened several restaurants. How do you come up with the new concepts? You know, um, we look at locations first and then try to see what we feel like would be successful in that neighborhood. So for example, Playa Provisions, the one space that we have right now, it's in Playa del Rey. It's a very community-driven neighborhood, sort of small beach town. And when we went in there, we felt like we knew the area pretty well. And we did feel like there were a few things that were lacking in that neighborhood. There was nowhere, you know, we're across the street from the beach. There was nowhere to get seafood in the area. There was nowhere to get like a grab and go quick sandwich or salad to take down to the beach. There was also nowhere to get ice cream in the neighborhood. And um, there was nowhere to get a great cocktail in the area. So we kind of took all of those concepts at once and put them all under one roof. And that's kind of how, you know, we always have a few things stirring in our heads in terms of what we want to do and what we feel like, you know, creatively would be exciting to us. But I definitely feel like we let the area dictate what we end up doing. So if there's a small place with a beach, how can't you have seafood, sandwiches, or ice cream? Like, really? I agree. I really, I know, I agree. I'm, I'm on the same page. And that's why I think Playa Provisions was so successful because it was all of those things in a beach community that you expect when you go down to the beach that just didn't exist there. Have you made any big mistakes along the way? Oh my God, so many. I make mistakes all the time, every day. I mean, you know, some of the mistakes that I make are very public because I do them on TV. (laughs) But most of the mistakes I make, you know, are in my everyday life. You know, I made a dish yesterday and I wouldn't say necessarily that there were any mistakes, but the dish just kind of didn't come together for me. And so now I have to start all over again. And 
you know, I think career-wise, I've learned so much more from my mistakes than I have from my successes. The things that go really well, great. We try to do that again, right? But the things that we make mistakes in, we learn from those mistakes and we learn how to do them better the next time. And so, you know, I make mistakes all the time and I try to just take them in the sense that I'm, I'm learning and I'll, and I'll be a better person tomorrow because I've made those mistakes. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Chef Brooke Williamson. We're back to Hootie the Foodie. Welcome back to Hootie the Foodie. I'm talking to Super Chef Brooke Williamson. Chef Brooke, you have competed and won several food competitions. What was your first big competition? Well, uh, my first big food competition was Top Chef. You know, I never considered myself a competitive chef in my entire career until I guess it was about nine years ago now that Top Chef called me for maybe the fourth season in a row. And I finally just decided to go for it and do it. And yeah, that was Top Chef season 10 was my first time ever competing. And, you know, fortunately I learned that I'm pretty good at competing. And I think that a lot of chefs never even figure that out about themselves. So I feel very fortunate to have been able to do that. What would you rather, being a competitor or a judge? Uh, Well, I definitely think the stress level of being a judge is nice um, compared to being a competitor, but I actually feel much more at home competing. You know, I consider myself a cook before anything else. I don't consider myself an actress. I don't consider myself someone who's even particularly good at TV. I consider myself a chef. So for me to be able to be in a situation with cameras that that could potentially be very uncomfortable, I really feel like if I'm working with my hands, I feel much more comfortable if I'm actually doing what I feel like I know how to do best. Do you find competitions to be fun, stressful, or both? I find competitions to be both fun and stressful. Definitely stressful for sure, but I definitely feel like every time I compete, as soon as I'm done, as relieved as I am to be finished with whatever I'm competing in, I end up missing it a little. Um, So I will say that I think it's a lot of fun. And as long as you don't take it too seriously when, when you don't win, which is hard to do for me, it's a lot of fun. Have you encountered a major curveball or ingredient that you just didn't know what to do with? For example, Rocky Mountain oysters or gooey duck? Um, I have encountered gooey duck. And as much as I haven't worked with it, I kind of always try to find a way to relate it to an ingredient that I do know. Uh, So I've definitely been in situations where I've encountered ingredients that I'm not super familiar with. But there's always a way to sort of tie it into something that I am familiar with. Do you have any, like, really out-there stuff? Mm, out-there stuff. Like, ingredient-wise? Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't. And I and I honestly think I've been cooking for so long that I've encountered so many ingredients that nothing really throws me off anymore. And I think that, that plays a big part in why I'm good at competing. That's really good. <laughs> you have a great presence on television. Do you do any acting, training, or does that just come natural to you? Well, thank you. I definitely wouldn't say it comes naturally to me. I actually have terrible stage fright. 
and find that that is why I feel more comfortable when I'm competing because I'm doing something that I'm very comfortable doing. When I'm judging and I'm just standing in front of competitors or an audience or all those cameras, I'm always very nervous, but I'm kind of a nervous person. So I think that I perform at very high levels while I'm nervous. Like I don't fall apart very easily. So it's nice to know that I can cover up my nerves enough for you to feel like I have a good presence on TV. I didn't see any nerves. I'm like, wow, Brooke, she could just go on there and be like, I'm not nervous. What do you mean? I'm always nervous. Always nervous. You also seem to have a really great sense of humor and you look like you're having fun. Is that the mellow California girl in you? You know what? Maybe. I think that's also a, a, a trait that I have to just never take things too seriously. You know, I think that I'm in a career that is stressful and there's enough drama in my everyday life. I don't feel like I need to bring extra drama to anything. And I think that taking everything in stride is something that I'm pretty good at and never taking anything too seriously. And yes, I am sarcastic and I mess around with people all the time and that's just my personality. So fun. How much in culinary competition is cooking skill and how much is strategy and knowing how to play the game? Oh, I think it's an even combination of cooking skill and and strategy. I don't think you can win a competition without having the skill to back it up. But I also don't think that you can win simply based on skill alone. I know a lot of really talented chefs who have gone into competition cooking and they're just not good at it. That's not how their brains work. They don't perform well under those specific pressures. So I think a lot of it is understanding that sort of keeping a level head and thinking about things in a certain way is really important. And then the rest of it, your skill really needs to follow through. Are you a good loser or do you beat yourself up? (laughs) Uh, That's a tough question because I would love to say I'm a good loser, but I do tend to beat myself up. And only in the sense that like, I don't get mad at myself. I tend to overthink things after the fact. Once it's over, I have to sort of tell myself that there's nothing that can be done about it. But in my own head, I'm always thinking about what I could have done differently. And I think that part of that is about growing and learning. And part of that is just about refusing to admit that I wasn't the best at something. You have a young son. How did you find time to become a mom with all that you have going on? Wow. Um, I mean, you know, I had my son at the age of 29 and never for a moment did I feel like I wanted that to slow me down. Inevitably, it did because I definitely had to focus my attention on being a mom, which I had never been a part of my career. And I definitely think that I struggled with balancing my mom life and my professional life. But I also think that having my son in the midst of the craziness of my career was motivating. I think I took that as motivation to do better and to do more because I knew that I not only had to provide for myself, but there was another person that I had to worry about and think about and provide for for the rest of potentially his life. So, you know, finding the time, you just do it, right? There were many days, um, many nights when he was really little where I only slept a couple of hours a night, if that. 
And I just kind of got through every day as best I could. And I definitely don't think I did everything perfectly, but I, I think that I've tried more than anything just to raise a kind, compassionate person. Was there any time where there's either a competition that your son was keeping you up at night? So when time for the competition, you're like half asleep, like, yeah, let's cook. Well, uh, I will say on Tournament of Champions season one, there were a couple of nights where he had a, a big load of homework at the end of the day that I had to help him with and didn't always sleep well. And even like doing Top Chef, very rarely do you get a full night of sleep. And you're often very, very tired while you're competing. But there's something about the adrenaline of what you're doing that kicks in that sort of makes you able to do anything. Do you have advice for young foodies who are interested in culinary arts? Um, I think that reading is underrated. I think a lot of young cooks watch a lot of food TV. And I think that there is really something to be said for cookbooks still. I know that that a lot of people don't read cookbooks anymore, but I do think they're really important in terms of learning fundamentals of ingredients and techniques. But mostly just, you know, enjoy yourself. Get in the kitchen and practice and make something once. And if you feel like you've done a good job, make it again. And I guarantee you'll do a better job the second time and the third time and the fourth time. And then once you feel like you've mastered something and you can move on, you know at least you have that in your back pocket. Do you have a kitchen hacker too that has been particularly useful for you? Ooh, kitchen hacks. Um, I don't know. I grow a lot of fresh herbs and I think that herbs play a big part in adding to dishes in my everyday life. And I think they fancy up a dish really easily. Um, just adding fresh herbs, especially if you're growing them yourself. Um, fresh hacks. I mean, I just made some rice in the rice cooker that can literally sit out on the counter for two days. And I will use that rice for eggs in the morning for breakfast, maybe for fried rice for dinner. So like having a ready to go ingredient that you like and kind of can depend on for multiple meal periods, I think is a great kitchen hack. Do you have any projects on the back burner that we might see in the near future? Um, I did just judge two seasons of um, Bobby Flay's Barbecue Brawl. So that season two will air over the summer. And then season three will probably air sometime next year. That'll, that'll be exciting. Where I judged some barbecue pit masters. That was a fun competition show. Uh, I'm also appearing on the season of Top Chef, which I will be in the last four episodes of the season of Top Chef as a judge, a guest judge. I don't know, lots of fun stuff to look out for. And, uh, you know, I like to let everybody know on my Instagram. So if you ever feel like catching up with me, my Instagram is, is the most up-to-date way to do so. I'll be ready to watch when it comes out. Please do, please do. One last question. Out of all of your four restaurants, which one's your favorite? Well, actually, in the last year, I've closed everything except for Playa Provisions. Um, so we still have Playa Provisions, and it's huge, and it's going strong. So I will definitely say that Playa Provisions is my favorite right now. <laughs> Go ice cream! Yes, come in for some ice cream. 
Chef Brooke, thank you again so much for joining me. Where can we find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Chef Brooke W. That is my Instagram handle. Uh, I'm also Brooke Williamson on Facebook and at Playa Provisions, my restaurant in Playa del Rey. I'm there. If I'm in town, I am, I'm there pretty much every day. To my awesome audience, thanks for listening. I'd love if you shared me with your family and friends. I'm Hootie, I'm hungry, and you just listened to Hootie the Foodie. You've been listening to Hootie the Foodie. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to like, rate, and review in your podcast app and follow on Instagram at Hootie the Foodie. Till next time. 